Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is the Quiet Part Loud podcast. You're listening to episode 93, and I'm the host, Daryl, and it is great to be here. Uh, it's Wednesday evening, as it always is when we record these days, to get this out to you guys on Thursday morning, and it's a special day. You know, it's uh, it's, it's a massive day. It's the 75th anniversary of D-Day, so we're celebrating that, and I think there's a lot of irony in the air around the celebration and around the past few days, you know, but... Let's give a, a just a moment to D-Day and, and exactly what it is and the significance of it because, you know, this is the largest seaborne operation ever carried out. You know, we put 25,000 men on the beach in Normandy from the UK, from America, from Canada, from New Zealand, from Australia, I believe as well. Um, but it was the start of the true pushback impactful pushback of the Nazis in what was then Nazi-controlled France and was the start of the end. You know, it was the beginning of the end for, for Hitler and his regime, and it forged uh, a massive partnership between the U.S. And, and the U.K., which, you know, we won't get into all of that, but nevertheless, you know, we've been best buddies or kissing cousins ever since. But I think on a day that signifies solidarity and compassion and will and a common good and coming together you know doesn't matter where you're from what you do any of that stuff we're fighting towards one goal a common good for the rest of the world even though there's you know just us involved we know this is right. And working for the betterment of humanity, I think there's something very, very ironic with these celebrations aligning with a president like Donald Trump and the fact that we're hosting him on this state visit and, you know, a president that has never been more divisive. There's never been a more divisive president, in my opinion, than Donald Trump. And, you know, if he was given the lead to run that country into a dictatorship, he would pull it full force. No doubt about it. He is exactly the, he is the incubator status of what D-Day was fighting against, in my opinion. And is that conflation? Is that, you know, blowing things out of proportion? I don't think so, even for a minute. I think if you don't see the, not only the irony in, in him attending this state visit now and these celebrations, and of course he had to be here. Of course he had to be here. They were a major catalyst in the success of World War II. The changing tide, if you will. But we're talking about a guy who skipped the military because of quote-unquote growing pains. We're talking about a man who runs policies that separate families. Little kids who are dying in custody. 
we're talking about a president who is actively defunding abortion efforts globally. We're talking about a man who sides with and refuses to excuse white supremacy behavior, white supremacist behavior. We're talking about a person who, when asked if the NHS was on the table in the trade discussions between the UK and the US currently or upcoming, he said absolutely everything's on the table, only to realize he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. He didn't understand what the NHS was until Theresa May leaned over and told him what that stood for. Comments he has now walked back. But you have to understand the thinking of a man like that. He is all about consumption. He is all about himself. He is all about fuck everybody else, what's good for me. And plays it off like he's looking out for the worst of the worst. This is a man that's given tax breaks that have skyrocketed the deficit in the U.S. He has given tax breaks to corporates, uh, you know, corporations, millionaires, and the deficit in America has skyrocketed. The regulations that he's rolled back that are doing irreparable damage to the environment. Catastrophic damage to the environment. The trade war, the, the fact that he's willing to do this while his own people suffer. Go and ask the soybean farmers in middle America how they're getting on with this trade war in, with China. Now he's threatening tariffs on Mexico. He's threatening tariffs. He's just threatening tariffs. That's all he does. He's like, okay, cool, we'll tax you more. So I think it's extremely ironic that we are pandering. And I see these politicians, especially from the Tory party, and especially those that are running for the leadership position, pandering to this man. And it is pathetic. These, these spineless politicians that refuse to condemn this man outright when there are thousands of your citizens taking to the streets in protest of even having him in the country. The fact that Theresa May didn't stand on that podium yesterday and say, no, absolutely not, the NHS is not on the table. It's not a trade negotiation tactic. It's not a uh, chess piece that's up for moving around. It's not a parcel to be passed back and forth. It's our national health service. It is one of the backbones that makes this country what it is. And it is absolutely not up for negotiation or private sale by anybody. That's what she should have said. And every other politician that is running for the Tory leadership position should have come out and said the same thing. But instead you hear things like, oh, you know, he will, he is who he is. He says some crazy things like, but we have a very special relationship with America and we have to do what's right. And that's more important. And like, I get it. I get it. But stop being a pussy. Stop being a spineless little maggot. And just say. No, that's not on the table.
But somebody obviously whispered in his ear and told him what that was, and he's now rolled those comments back, walked them back. But the fact that nobody stood up and said, no, definitely not, is, is just nuts to me. I see this Kirsty McVeigh now, you know, running for the leadership position. And I see her in these interviews and she can barely, barely say five words without, you know, readjusting her mouth and licking her lips and like, take a glass of water with you. Hey, hydrate properly. But she's so out of her depth. I can't imagine her on a local stage, never mind an international global stage. She can, she cannot and will not represent us. I mean, most likely that's going to be Boris Johnson, right? But we'll see with his ongoing legal stuff. But who else? Michael Gove? I mean, he looks like... I don't know. He he's like a he's like an old twelve year old. He looks like a he looks like a like a little boy. Still like beats off in front of like over magazines that he found in his dad's bedroom. Like he's a he's creepy looking. He's very creepy looking. But the rest of them are too. I mean, we do not. There is not a good choice. And like I've said before, we're not making that choice. So. It's going to be made for us, as Theresa May was. And you don't have a functioning government when that happens. You don't have a functioning country when that happens. Sadiq Khan, for all his faults, stood up and said what he thought about Donald Trump. And still extended a hand to meet him. And so did Jeremy Corbyn. So for all their shortcomings, I think they performed the best over the state visit. Because, I mean, what are we doing? We allow him to bring his entire family, his basically his entire administration. Kellyanne Conway was there. Sarah Sander was there. Michael Bolton, uh, is that his name? Richard Bolton or whatever. The warmonger. Everybody was there. And it was, it's appalling to me. Because you've got this official visit and like some of these people don't even have official government positions anyways. So it's like, what the hell are they doing there? Walking around like fucking zombies. I mean, they're the worst. But the lack of strength, the lack of fortitude, the lack of any courage from these politicians is atrocious. And I'm really, really disappointed. I mean, not that I thought any different, because that is politics. That is the state of... But let's stop playing politics for a goddamn minute and just talk about things for real. They're clamoring for any sort of favor he'll throw their way because they know how fucked we are when we get out of Brexit. If Trump doesn't throw us a lifeline or a trade deal of any substance, the fuck are we going to do then? We got to trust one of these people that's in line for the for the new uh, prime minister position to go out there and negotiate unilateral, bilateral, multilateral trade deals? I don't think so. 
look at the mess they've created already. And, you know, it's these same people that just have the nerve to criticize anybody that wants to say anything truthful about Donald Trump, about his reprehensible behavior, his reprehensible policies, the fact that he's pulled out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Like, how come none of this is being mentioned? You got Prince Charles there, who's one of the patrons for the environment, and he doesn't say anything. Oh, well, the royal family, they're not allowed to make public statements. And what the fuck good are they? Because otherwise, they're a tourist attraction. That's it. And it's just amazing to me that the fact that he's cuddling up with Kim Jong-un, he's cuddling up with all of these right-wing politicians and has such a right-wing view of things. I mean, he's trying to cut abortion laws, for Christ's sakes. He's actively saying, I'm going to release immigrants into democratic cities and see how they get on with it. What are you talking about? He outright calls London's mayor not good, a stone-cold loser, five minutes before his plane lands. And these people just pander to him? It makes me embarrassed for them. But more than anything, it just makes me want to mobilize. And I'm so happy that the people got out on the street yesterday and did their thing. Now, I'll say something about the milkshaking. Quit it. Just stop. It is so fucking stupid. Do I get a little chuckle seeing somebody get milkshake all over their face? Of course. Who wouldn't, right? It's the old pie-in-the-face gag, right? Everybody loves that. But give it a rest because it's going to be some asshole that puts bleach in it or something else and it turns into a whole nother thing. Do you guys forget how quick, how recently these acid attacks have been happening? And they'll be like, oh, well, it's just harmless. It's harmless. It doesn't hurt anybody. Just fucking, it just makes a mess. It does until. Like I see this, I see this Trump supporter walk into the middle of the anti-Trump protest, right? This old man. You've probably all seen the footage by now. But he, you know, he's in the middle of it. And of course he's getting stick for wearing the hat and it gets ripped off and then there's this fucking slob, this fat slob that's just sitting there calling him Nazi scum, Nazi scum, Nazi scum. Honestly, honestly, what does that accomplish? What is the point of that? That is an angry person, whether Trump is here or not. And that is the thing I fucking hate the most about the left. They're self-righteous higher than thou, mightier than thou bullshit really puts me off, which is why I always, as I said to you guys before, I always look at both sides of the story. Because if they don't show that woman, you don't get a glimpse into it. But at the same time, you don't get to see the same, not the same person, but the person from the same side of the protest, the anti-Trump protest, is the one that stepped in the middle when that Trump supporter pushed the person he thought through the milkshake. Because then it was about to be a scuffle. The old man, who was the Trump protester, or the Trump supporter, I should say, got pushed. He almost fell down. And it was one of the anti-Trump 
protesters that stood in the way and said, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Don't hit the guy. He's an old man. That's not how you protest. So in the same protest, which I agree with, I am anti-Trump. I do not want him here. I've said on multiple occasions, I don't think the state visit should have happened. So I'm on the anti-Trump side of this protest, and I am absolutely not a Trump supporter in any way, shape, or fashion. If you've listened to five minutes of this podcast at any time over the last 93 episodes, you'll understand that. But these people in this anti-Trump protest are a mixed bag of individuals, to say the very least. And when I see this fucking fat slob sitting there screaming, Nazi scum, Nazi scum, like whatever she's screaming, and she's just bellowing, in his face, a foot away from his face. He's she is so lucky that he didn't catch an assault charge. And good on him for not, because that's all she wants. So she can justify her existence. But there are people there with real grievances that really do understand the problem with this individual being in office and are not afraid to say so. And within there, and within that group, there's varying levels of knowledge. And I'm not saying that, you know, that I'm the oracle on this subject or anything like that. But I tend to go against his policies more than his personality. Now, I think his personality is reprehensible. But if you dig at a person just on the way they behave, then you miss the truly important bits about why they're unfit for the position that they currently hold. And what I mean by that is you don't say Trump's a misogynist, Trump's a slob, Trump's a... You can throw those adjectives in if they are backed up by some, some, something substanti uh, substantiative. No, that's not a word. Substantiated. If they're, you know, if he's a piece of shit because he separates people from their kids just because they're trying to get across the border... And that's a policy that he's running with, enforcing, and expanding upon. Then you can call him a piece of shit. But just call him a piece of shit because he's a fat slob and he fucks porn stars. There's no real meat in that argument. And that's not really the way you should be debating or fighting this problem. The way you fight a problem like Donald Trump is just by putting a mirror up on it. And not letting him control the narrative. That's it. That's it. But it's hard to turn away from a train wreck. Right? It's hard to look away when you're driving past a car crash. And that's the way I view Donald Trump. I feel he's a constant car crash and that's why we tune in. Because look at all the other shit that we consume on a daily basis that isn't worth a minute of our time. I mean, I've become... Well, I've become more addicted to Twitter since I've been off Facebook, but I still feel like not being able to access Facebook has been a great thing for me. But... With this train wreck, I mean, on Twitter, he is prolific. He is prolific. He goes on these rants that are just nonsense. You know, and he's sitting up there next to our prime minister yesterday, and he's saying, oh, what protests? I didn't see any people on the streets, but I saw big crowds. I saw big crowds for me, but I didn't see any protests. I think it's just, it's just fake news. Like, no, it's not. I'm in the city. I'm looking at the protests. They're definitely happening. It's not fake news. So why is nobody calling him out on it? I just don't get the lack of intensity. 
that these reporters and these politicians refuse to refuse to engage with it's just it needs to be prolific you need to be as prolific as him but not with slander right <clears throat> he calls him sleepy joe biden and 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 uh what was it like uh crazy chuck schumer or something like that like you know he's you know lying ted like he's got these nicknames for people but they don't mean anything they're just nice monikers that people attach themselves to there's no substance in anything he says because anything he puts into practice fucks up. You only have to look at it. Is the economy growing? Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But when you don't give a fuck about the environment and you don't give a fuck about how you bring jobs back, you can start them in a number of ways. But it doesn't mean that they're permanent and it doesn't mean that this is a trend that is in any way going to continue i said we're on a spike here we're on a cycle here his deregulation and policies i've only added a little uptick to that this cycle is coming and more and more economists are calling for it by the end of 2020 so if you're not saving your pennies you need to because you can't put any faith in the government that we've got or are going to have or may have after a general election or may have post brexit we don't have well you can't have any confidence in that how can you if you have confidence in the current situation that we're looking at politically in this country, the UK, and in the US, by the way, if you're looking at this with any sort of confidence, you're not really looking at it. You're not really paying attention. You're just watching whatever media outlet you like and following the stories that you enjoy. Because you don't follow shit about the stuff you like. That's not how social media works. That's not how the news works. They'll send you outlandish stuff, but not stuff you like. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unless, of course, you're just an outrage clicker. In which case, maybe they will. But if you're not looking at the situation honestly, then you're 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 destined to be unprepared when it arrives. So just have a little look. Because this, you know, D-Day, this is amazing, right? The D-Day celebrations that have happened today, amazing. And we have to remember that. And we have to remember, we have to remember history. Because if we don't, what was the quote? I think it's a Winston Churchill quote or something. If you don't remember history, you're destined to repeat it. Like, you have to know what we've gone through. And a guy like Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck. But the rest of us have to be aware that with the slightest, slightest glitch in the matrix, something like this can happen. And with the slightest glitch in the matrix, we could be in a lot of trouble really, really quickly. So I applaud the protesters for coming out. I applaud their efforts in the rain. When we, was it yesterday? I think the fact that Boris Johnson was projected onto Big Ben repeating like it was just on repeat an interview of him slagging off donald trump and they're not meeting <laughs> but it's fantastic they projected it 50 feet tall onto onto big ben it was amazing um there's videos out there so have a look but in closing just on the trump thing on the state visit thing i just want to say to all the politicians out there especially those in the leadership 
leadership, uh, the Tory leadership race, you're, you're a bunch of spineless cowards and none of you deserve the job. We should have a general election in this country. You should just put a place marker in there. The people should demand a general election in this country. They should demand a second vote on Brexit and shut down things until you give it to us. We just decide to do a week off. A week off everything. Just stay at home. And I know you can't organize one of these things because people got to work and people don't believe in, don't agree with you and so on and so forth. But if you want to make real change, just show them how things feel when you don't have anything working. When there's no one to take the tube in London or ride the train into London and out of London. If you've got nobody visiting the shops. If you've got nobody running your stock market. If you've got nobody running your your commerce. You know, if you've got no, none of your, you know, civil servants. Like, we could affect change if we wanted to. But we don't have any leaders out there that are willing to stand up and tell us, like, this is what we do. But you don't have to do that because I'm going to do it for you. Because I understand what's wrong with this thing. There's nobody that wants to do that. Which is why I admire people like AOC so much in America. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. People who stand up and, you know, Elon Omar. People I appreciate. Politicians willing to tell the truth. Politicians willing to rake big companies over the coals for misappropriation, mishandling the responsibilities. I like that. We need more of that here. But Trump, you can fuck off and you're not having the NHS. But let's stop throwing milkshakes, people. Find a better way to express yourself. Don't scream in people's face, man. That's how you get smacked. And you fucking deserve it. I'm not advocating violence or anything. But don't fucking get up in my face screaming. <clears throat> that is just ignorant. It's just ignorant behavior. You don't do that. You wouldn't want that done to you. What if I did that to her? Fucking slob. Let's find a different way to express ourselves. Because that shit, that milkshaking, king, that milkshaking shit is tired. So... What else is going on? What else is going on? I've been back at the gym. I had a bit of a slip up, guys. I got to be honest with you. I got I to gotta, I gotta tell the truth. I had about four or five days where I really fell off. It was like Thursday to Sunday. What's that? Four days? Yeah, it's like four days. But it was brutal, guys. Pizza. Had some soda, which was disgusting. Had everything, man. Had candy. Had potato chips, crisps. I had everything. I had takeaways. I had everything. It was gross, and I felt like shit. And it's taken me a few days to recover. I have to be honest, but I'm back in the flow now. Back in the flow. It doesn't take long to bounce back. You just gotta reset. You gotta take a step back from the situation a little bit, and you just gotta reset. And just, just take perspective of the situation, and just say, okay, I fucked up. I fucked up. I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. I got to learn better next time. P playing a little fast and loose with the rules. So I've reset. The gym's been great this week. Work's been a bit stressful, but nothing we, we can't handle. Nothing that won't get dealt with. We just got to get back on track, baby. That's You just got to get back on track. And I feel like we've done that. 
think, I feel, feel like I've done that. I don't know why I said we. I feel like I've done that. And I think having my, a couple of my clients back has helped as well because I didn't do some personal training for a minute. Um, there was a couple of weeks there where it was kind of sporadic. And, and I just like that discipline, that routine, you know, pop, 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 pop. I like to stay busy. I like to stay, just like stay, keep, keep going. Just keep it moving. I don't like sitting around. I don't like doing nothing. I, I don't like floundering. But if I'm going to be lazy, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a slug. I'm, I'm on the floor. Like, I'm done. But that's when I switch off. And then I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to process anything. Like, even posting something on Instagram is, a, is a, just an insurmountable task. I'm just not interested. But other than that, man, get me up. I'm ready to go. 4.30. Let's go. Where are we going? Like Biggie said, wipe the cold out my eye. I'm good to go. Let's go. Down the gym, quarter to five. Let's go. I like that. Speed of life. Let's get moving. We've got hours to use here. Sitting around doing nothing. Sure, take a rest. Sure, rest and relax. Of course. Of course. I need to do more of it. But I like to do shit. I like to get things done. I like to move. I don't like to sleep the day away. When the sun goes down, I don't want to be outside. Not in this fucking city anyways. <coughs> so I'm good at home. And I'm, I'm trying to make my home a sanctuary. And we're not there yet, but we're working on it. But things are going good, man. And I just want you guys to be going, doing good as well. So hit us up. Let us know how you're feeling. Have you guys seen... Um, have you guys, I'm sure you have. It's the most highly rated show on, on like Sky Atlantic. But have you, guys, have you guys seen Chernobyl? I mean, it's a five-parter. I've got the fifth one recorded. Haven't watched it yet. So if you have, spoiler alerts are impossible. But we won't won't give away stuff just to say it there's a reason that it has the that it has the rating that it has like it's the highest rated show on imdb it's the highest rated show the sky atlantic has ever had like higher than game of thrones higher than sopranos and you know it's a five-parter so relax but it's 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 brilliant it's it's absolutely fantastic and apparently the guy that made it you know it took him a while. He just wanted to be as accurate as possible. That was like his number one thing. Um, and he's he said that he actually, actually had to scale back a little bit because you couldn't put you couldn't put the real stuff, all of the real stuff on TV. It'd just be too much. And you get the sense that it would be. I mean, some of the descriptions in this show are har harrowing. You've got things like like this cloud here has 10 billion bullet 10 billion atoms in it and every one of those atoms has like 10 billion bullets in it and those bullets will just constantly be firing for the next 50,000 years that's what this nuclear explosion was about and it's just like oh my god it's so gruesome but one of the things that 
had kind of slipped my mind, and maybe I just didn't give it any thought, was the fact that Chernobyl was like in the mid '80s, mid to late '80s. Let I, I for some reason that event in my mind is in the '70s. I don't know why, but obviously I'm wrong. Because obviously I've watched Chernobyl and obviously now I know when the fucking event occurred. But for some reason it was in my mind as like the 1970s. So when they started flashing up the dates, I was like, oh my God. I was in the UK then. And not that anybody would have been safe if the worst would have happened at Chernobyl. But I was just like, oh my God. Or was I? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, I would have still been here. But just devastating. When they start to say, if this thing explodes, it's going to start reaching Europe. I'm like, oh, this like it's just such a disaster. But really well acted, apart from the fact that it has multi-regional English uh, accents in its character base. There's... Um, you know, there's an, I think there's an American, there's a Swede, uh, you know, so there's no real focus on it being a Russian thing, <clears throat> but I suppose it is what it is. I, it, it doesn't make the show any less good for me and apparently not for anybody else either. So it's really bitching about nothing. Um, if you have not seen this show, give it a watch. It is five hours of your time and I'm sure with most of the people out there, you could sacrifice five hours of your time, whether it's five hours of watching this instead of some other shit that you have recorded, or just making an hour a day for a week to sit down and watch it, check it out, because it is some serious, serious, you know, you want to say movie making, it's, this is TV, folks, and it's just, it's, it's heavy, it's really heavy, and speaking of heavy, when you're done with all, with all of that, get yourself over to Netflix and have a look at When They See Us on Netflix. If you haven't, I've only just started this, so I'm like an episode and a little bit in. But if you haven't, if you don't know what this is, I'll just set it up for you. You probably do already, but it is the, it is the dramatization, it is the creation of a tv show around the central park five so it's kind of like a docuseries but like a drama docudrama series kind of thing i guess you would call it but <coughs> it's about the central park five and if you don't know what the central park five are they are a group of five young black men uh who were convicted of uh severely beating and raping a woman in central park on a night where there was many incidents uh, involving, you know, young black youths harassing people, so on and so forth. A lot of them were, you know, over embellished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But these five were arrested, and unfortunately, the coincidences that <clears throat> that brought this situation to bear got blamed on them through false confessions and beatings and manipulation and separation from their parents and from any legal counsel and so on and so forth. Now there is a uh, there is a woman in this in this series uh, a character in the series based on a woman who was the prosecutor at the time. Her name is Linda Fairstein or Fairstein. One of the two you take your pick. 
she's depicted by, <coughs> excuse me, um, she's depicted by one of these, you know, episodic TV actresses. I think she was in like Desperate Housewives or some shit like that. Um, but Linda Fairstein is her name and she is what can only be described as a horrible cunt. She is just determined to pin it on these young men. And, and mind you, I've seen one episode of this show, okay? But what I do know is that she got these kids who are as young as 14 at the time, separated from their parents, didn't give them any fucking legal counsel, manipulated them, got, allowed the police to beat them, interrogate them for hours on end, sometimes 16, 18 hours, to drive a confession out of these boys. This saw them in prison for, you know, 6 to 15 years, I think the range was. Just disgraceful behavior. And if the series on Netflix is anything to go by, and if you want to have a look, there's a documentary around this as well, which is called Central Park 5. That's worth checking out. Obviously, it doesn't have a Netflix budget. Obviously, it's not nice and polished and, you know, nice and clean and tidy in the kind of episodic way. But what it is is a real look and a real conversation with the actual individuals involved. You can go back and check that out. But we're talking about when they see us. And I've only seen episode one. But it is heavy. And from the jump, man, you're, you've got a lump in your throat about these boys. But going back to this horrible piece of shit that is Linda Fairstein. They are now calling for all of her cases to be reviewed. And actually looking at her for potential criminal charges because of the way she handled this. People are calling out for it because of thing, the things that they've seen. And presumably with the promotion and PR around the release of this show, some people have gone back and checked out the documentary. What's stunning, and which will wrap up this podcast really, really nicely, I think, is the fact that we started out talking about the irony of Donald Trump attending the state visit. The irony of somebody who is so divisive has no interest with his current policies, his current rhetoric, his current tweeting, whatever you want, to, ge to generate real, long-lasting, fruitful, mutually beneficial partnerships. He's about himself. And what can make him better, what can make him look more mighty on a day when everybody else is celebrating solidarity, teamwork, compassion, camaraderie, coming together no matter our differences politically to solve a problem. That's what D-Day was. That's what fighting back against fascism was. So it's really ironic, as I said before, that Donald Trump is the one over here at the moment. He's the one been, that's been put in power by the American people based on their electoral college vote, but we're not going into the semantics of that right now. Fact of the matter is, he's the top guy. Well, he was the top guy a long time ago as well. He was the top guy in the kind of media and PR and celeb space back in the fucking 80s and back in the 90s. Remember him on Lifestyle of the Rich and Famous? And he was a playboy and, you know, he was a media, he was a, uh, a construction mogul and, you know, his name in big gold letters across the building like he was everything he was the epitome of new york right he was the epitome of the american dream of entrepreneurship well 
if you do stumble back into that documentary about the West, uh, the Central Park Five, or happen to spend some time watching the series on Netflix uh, when they see us, what becomes apparent, if you didn't know already, is that during this time, when these young boys, some as young as 14 years old, were being harassed, beaten, and uh, coerced by the police officers of New York, hamstrung by the prosecutor of New York, and taken through the ringer, Donald Trump took out a front page ad on all of the major newspapers calling for the death penalty to be brought back because of this case. He wanted these kids hung up. He wanted these kids, he wanted these kids gone, made an example of. And if you don't believe me, Google it. It's right there. All the text is right there. And his stupid fucking signature is right at the bottom. So I think it's really ironic that, that we're celebrating this camaraderie and he's there. And we're talking about this show, which is, you know, being lauded on Netflix for its, it, for its incredible portrayal of such a miscarriage of justice. And he was one that was on the wrong side of history. And I guarantee you that he is on the wrong side of history now because history books will look back on this time as a glitch in the matrix and a glitch in the system. And we will think to ourselves, what the fuck did we almost let happen? But thank God we will come together as a sensible group of human beings for the betterment of each other and say, no, we've seen what this glitch looks like. We've seen it before. We're doing it again. We're not going to do it anymore. We're going to put a fucking stop to it. And if we do that sooner rather than later, then we all benefit for it. And that's it. So this will be out on Thursday morning. We hope you enjoyed the show and we will be back next week with another episode of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. Just before we go, please do uh, comment, rate, download, subscribe, all that good stuff uh, across iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud also. You can hit us up on Twitter at Quiet Part Loud. Uh, we're becoming a lot more engaged with that lately, so uh, so keep an eye out on that. Uh, follow us if you want. We're always posting show links there. We generally post the one from SoundCloud, then we'll post the ones uh, which come out a little later on from uh, Spotify and iTunes. Uh, but you can get all that information there, and you can get some of our views on things there as well. So um, so that's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name's Daryl. I'm the host of this thing, and uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure. So. Until next time, guys, all the best.